0: and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast. This is John, and with me tonight is Dan. Hello. What's up, Dan? How you doing? And uh, we are here. Um, it's, it hurts to say this a little bit, but we're here tonight to talk about um, the the final episodes of, of Star Wars Rebels. Um, so Dan and I have been watching ever since the beginning. Uh, we love the show. Our kids love the show. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry to see it go. But Me too, me too. But uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've talked about uh, Star Wars Rebels here on the Blockade Runner podcast. So um, we haven't had a chance to record since it came back from the mid-season break. So we're going to talk about uh, the last five or I think it was five episodes, right? We're going to talk about the last five episodes. We'll focus mostly on the final two or three episodes, which were the most eventful. But um, there's some big stuff that happened Right, uh, out of the gate with the, uh, with the return after the mid season break. So, um, you know, probably goes without saying at this point, but if you, uh, have not seen the final episodes of star Wars rebels and you don't want to be spoiled, um, this is not the show for you, uh, or it's not the show for you until you watch those final episodes and then and then come back and check it out. So, uh, we're definitely going to talk in detail about all the events of the the, the final episodes. But uh, um, if you have seen them, then uh, join us here, and uh, we will we will dig into the final five episodes of Star Wars Rebels. So, uh, we'll start with the first two that aired, uh, I guess three and a half weeks ago now, which were Jedi Knight and Doom. Uh, Dan, I saw the titles of these episodes a couple of weeks before they aired. And uh, I think we kind of all knew <laughs> what we were in for yeah. um, with these two episodes. So um, these are the ones that featured uh, Kanan's death. And, um, you know, I think um, it, it, I don't say it necessarily was overdue for Kanan to die. Uh, and I really like the character of Kanan, but I think, you know, we all kind of felt like he was a character that was probably designed to have that that journey from the, from the get go. Right. Act as the
1: mentor and then kind of show the way out as well.
0: Yeah. And I don't think there was really a place for him in the original trilogy era. So it kind of, um, it was always going to happen. It was a question of when I think. Um, and, uh, so let's, so let's talk about, um, how it went down. Um, I guess the, the episode, uh, or early in
1: these episodes, he kind of goes through this thing where he cuts his hair yeah cuts his hair kind of does all the preparation stuff so you know you know the finality of it right at the beginning of the episodes despite the fact that we you know don't know exactly what's going to happen
0: yeah i think that was it it was obviously it's a sad moment and it's a sad thing that this happens um with kanan but um i think the fact that he was so kind of at peace with it and was prepared for it and everything um was pretty cool because in you know in a new hope Obi-Wan Kenobi has a similar sort of mentality about it, it seems, but as an audience, we're not really like, we don't understand that he's really prepared for that. Right. Um, so I think it's cool to see that with, um, with Kanan here. Uh, and you know, I, I liked, I liked seeing him kind of like return to like a younger looking Kanan, uh, sort of, you know, a yeah. different looking Kanan. It was so. nice
1: to not have the big shield over his face, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. kind of get back in touch with what he originally was. And-
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess the, the other thing um, with uh, w- with his transformation and, you know, the lead up to his demise there in, in these two episodes is um, uh, sort of, uh, how would you put it, like uh, a clarification of the relationship between him and, and uh, Hera. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they confess their feelings for each other, or I guess, I, I feel like it was like they, they were confessing their feelings to the audience for each other. because right. You get the feeling. I mean, it was always
1: pretty obvious, but they never just came out and really said it or showed it. But they they did kind of in this episode.
0: Yeah, and I and I thought like I got, I always got the feeling off air there was things happening, but just as an audience we weren't privy to right. it. Right. Um,
1: Which also, I'm completely fine with because I don't know they don't need to weigh down the the series with the love story of two of the characters that doesn't really.
0: Right. Right. But but I had talked to some friends who were saying that like they thought it was a little too. Um, it was a little too fast kind of like, Oh, well he told her that he loved her and then he was dead. And it was the first time like they, you know, just had this exchange. And to me, I felt like it wasn't probably the first time they had expressed those feelings towards one another. And you know, right. it was just that it was the first time we, you know, it was a narrative thing. It's been and insinuated for a long time. Yeah. So. yeah, And I think it had been going on. So, um, but yeah, in those final moments for Kanan, um, uh, you know, I, I guess, uh, it was a question of, like I said, you know, not if, but when and how, and uh, I think that the, the way that he went out was, uh, was, was appropriate. Um, you know he's making a sacrifice for the rest of the ghost crew and he's got this look on his face like uh, you guys don't understand yet why I'm doing what I'm right. doing or right. that I'm doing you know this, but I'm completely like at peace with this choice and it's exactly the right thing to do in this moment. Um, and that's that's what I think that's what you know for, for someone who, as a character, he's not, he's not totally a Jedi. Right. And he right. didn't go through all the training and it's like, well, he's,
1: he's pretty cool, but he's not an Obi-Wan. He's not a, you know, but it kind of harken harkens back to the way Yoda talks to Luke in return of the Jedi. You know, he's talking about how his training's complete now. I mean, yeah, he had more training probably than Kanan did, mm-hmm. you know, and especially since he's getting it from Yoda, mm-hmm. a lot of it. Um, but I thought that was kind of a cool way to reference back to that.
0: And just really dignified for somebody who is like kind of a pseudo Jedi. Like right. that's a really Jedi way to go out. You yeah, know? definitely. And, and if anybody's questioning like, eh, does he really count as a Jedi or whatever? It's like, I think he proved he's, you right. know, he's right up there with a
1: real legitimate Jedi. Exactly.
0: Like, going out in that way.
1: And it almost kind of starts planting those seeds that they're working more with now with, you know, what is a Jedi? And, you know, during Anakin and Obi-Wan's time, it was a really set methodology of how you become a Jedi and all of that. And then it kind of drifts away from that in the original trilogy and even more so in the new trilogy. Yeah. Cause Ray's,
0: so. Ray's never going to have her Padawan braid yeah, right. and then yeah, nobody's exactly. ever going to tell
1: her, okay, Ray, now it's time to cut that
0: Padawan braid off. And yet she'll be every bit the Jedi that Luke or, you know, exactly. lots of other Jedi were. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's for sure a good point. Yeah. Um I think they did a really good job to with it just like moment to moment, uh, and visually and all that stuff. I thought it was, it was, uh, it wasn't too cheesy. Um, I don't think it was melodramatic, but they definitely like hung on the moment to give it yeah a proper amount of drama and stuff like that. So, um, I thought it was believable, you know, uh, you know, in, in terms of like star Wars believable.
1: Uh, absolutely. And I, the thing that I liked about not that moment itself, but like what that moment led to, too. Um, was so they blow up all those fuel tanks. It completely derails Thrawn's plan for the Tie Defender. Is that what it? I believe it's the Tie Defender. Yeah. So then we then we kind of find out that that's what really kickstarts and solidifies that the Death Star project is going to continue happening. I thought that was a pretty cool thing.
0: That was good. There was reference to Krennic in the episode, which is kind of cool. Tarkin, I think, mentioned Krennic or yep, somebody. Yeah, they did. mentioned Krennic
1: and they mentioned Start Project Stardust. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love that, too. I love it whenever they call it I like that they're just intertwining that stuff more and, you know.
0: Yeah. Although I have to say that I've heard some... I've heard a lot of uh, discussion, I think even on Rebels Recon, like, from, from, you know, Lucasfilm staff and stuff saying that, like, uh, well, not only did he save the ghost crew, um, but, like, he... Uh, how do people talk they talk about it like like he is like this major accomplishment and like what he was doing what kanan was doing in that moment was like not only saving the ghost crew but also like thwarting the empire's plans and all this stuff and like well really the empire did that like they right. regardless of what kanan did in that moment the empire blew up its own fuel reserves you know what i mean right. like kanan could have jumped on that thing and tried to f- fly away with them or he could have let everybody die. I mean, no matter what he did in that moment, the empire just blew up their tide defender program.
1: Like, I don't think he did anything to, and it kind of kicks off that decline of whatever that governor's name is. You know what I mean? Governor price. Yeah. That really kind of starts sealing her fate and yeah. Shows you where, how she's going to end up.
0: Yeah. But the way, the, but the way I interpreted it was like what Kanan did in that moment was 100% saving the lives of his family. That's what he did. He didn't do anything. To the his empire. intention wasn't to do yeah. Anything he's to the empire. I would agree with you. Yeah, the yeah. empire did it to themselves, and it's it's. I almost. I. I mean it. I guess that'd be cool if it's just like, oh my god, he's so smart that not only did he save his family, right. but he also like right. dealt this final blow to the empire. But the empire dealt it to themselves, and I don't think he like brought himself up to the top of this fuel reserve with everybody else risking their lives so that he could like goad the Empire into launching right. missiles. I mean he just was there and it sucks that the only way out of that situation was for him to push the you know ghost crew away and you know kind of take that explosion himself. but that's what he had to do. but I, I think it's it's just about him and the people he loves. It's not about the Empire in that moment and what he's doing. At least that's that's my interpretation of it, and I think that's actually I, I think that's better. You know what I mean? I so, agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, both counts. Cool, cool, cool. They should have had us on Rebel Re- Rebels Recon. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's jump in. Like I, I really liked both of those episodes. I thought they were great. So um, it's a really good way to, to start that season again. Um, let's uh, let's jump into now wolves and a door and a world between worlds, which would be the. The middle two episodes in this three-week kind of run of Star Wars Rebels here. Um, And uh, I guess we'll talk about Wolves in a Door kind of on its own, and then we'll jump into A World Between Worlds. Um, Wolves in a Door was cool. Um, Lots of loath wolves, which I like the loath
1: wolves, I guess, overall. They've Um, always been intriguing and kind of another one of those pieces of Ezra's... You know, we, they've, from an early stage, showed how he has an affinity towards animals. Yep. And um, doing these loath wolves, I kind of wondered, are they their own thing? Is this something specifically related to Ezra being there? Or, you know, because are they always there? I don't know. And Right. They, they're kind of ambiguous with the way that they've shown them in here. So it was nice to see them back uh, and see how they tie into this whole story more
0: yeah 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 and they're cool i think like for me i get a little bit iffy on the loath wolves when it's like oh well a person's spirit might be controlling one of those and like you know kanan used to be a guy and now he's a loath wolf um because that those loath wolves have been around and i don't know that that gets a little bit i'm not sure You're about right. that but uh but overall i think they're cool and you know, I know Dave Filoni really likes wolves and stuff. And so um, that's something he brings in. But but yeah, Ezra's, that's a—that's actually a great way to frame It's because like Ezra's connection to animals, I think, is something really, uh, number one, it's great for a kid's show. It's great for kids. I think it mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense for Ezra's character. It's something different. Like, I love all that stuff. I think that's really well, it's been really well
1: done. And I like that it kind of harkens back to uh, Qui-Gon Jinn with the whole living force thing, too, you know? Yeah. Not a traditional way of expressing the force or all that. There's lots of different things to listen to. And so it was something neat to see.
0: Yeah. And this whole living force and cosmic force thing is definitely something oh, yeah. they're, <laughs> they're digging they're into. They're exploring yet. here in, uh, in Star Wars Rebels towards the end. So, um, yeah. So anyway, but, the, but they're, the Lothwolves are, and we've seen this before, like, in, I don't know if it was earlier in season four, if it was in season three, but where um, they're able to travel from like one side of Lothal, Lothal to the other. Right in a weird mystical way where you ride on them, pass out, and then wake up somewhere else. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, exactly. So that happened, and, and it was cool. And, and where they where they woke up was uh, at the site of this, uh, well, at the site of the Jedi Temple on the fall. Right. Um, but now it's like this uh, evil, dark side archaeology dig uh, thing. Um, and I thought that was great, too, especially as I was watching the episode and it started to dawn on me, like, oh, this is straight out of Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. And the and the dig scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, that was really cool. So uh, I thought that was great. Um, where I started to become maybe a little less excited and I think you were probably more into this and yes. like this is just a precursor to me being really less excited is uh <laughs> when they find the mortis the mortise kind of painting thing uh on the wall there. So um it's been a long time since I've seen those mortise episodes. I know you've seen them recently. Um, so I don't know. Like, what was your reaction to this whole Mortis painting thing?
1: I liked seeing it. I thought the Mortis trilogy way back when was a really cool and interesting idea. Um, You know, it was vague enough to let let us kind of talk about it and determine what we wanted from it. But they now have brought it back and given it a little bit more of a solid thing. You know, we. If you recall back, they kind of disappear into this planet, and then they wake up at the end of the three-story arc, and they're like, "Did that happen or not?" And yeah, you know, and maybe that—I I think there's still plenty to debate. Maybe that place doesn't exist, but maybe these spirits or beings or whatever they are um, present them have obviously presented themselves to other people in the past because there's a whole big mirage or not mirage—a mural of of sorts of the three, and yeah, it was kind of neat.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess um, my my least favorite episodes of Star Wars: The Clone Wars are a lot of people's favorite episodes, which are those Mortis ones. Uh, I didn't really like those too much, and then um, the the Yoda and the Wills episodes. And you like those ones quite
1: a bit, right? Yeah, it's been a while. I only watched those the one time, so I kind of have to go back and watch them again. To
0: it just both of those just felt um, for me personally just feel like not quite. Star Warsy enough to me. They feel a little too weird, a little too different, um, and it's like a, it's an it's a take on Star Wars mythology that doesn't quite sit that well with me. And I feel like it's something that, you know, you would and, and th- maybe this is okay, but it's something you would n- I feel like you would never see in a Star Wars movie and would never work in a Star Wars movie, you know. Right. Um. So it's a it's a it's a thing that you, you they they'll do an animation or they're doing an animation, but it's it's a little bit so far outside of the realm of what I would consider to be kind of the the Thrust of Star Wars or whatever that it's like, well, it kind of works in a cartoon, but it would never work in, in a Star Wars movie. Um, so, right,
1: the way that they, I think, the way that they did it there, but I think you're almost seeing a little bit more of that. You don't know what to expect type of thing being thrust in the regular movies now with the Last Jedi, and the the different ways they were handling the Force in that movie. You know, so it kind of the reason I liked those things back then was it was something new and something different in a different way for us to look at it not just this arc of this family the skywalkers looking through things i've always been excited for it to move kind of beyond that because eventually it just gets bogged down i think
0: yeah Um, i hear you although like like let's uh, i think my issue with the more and you know we don't want to spend too much time talking about whether or not mortis is good or you know the mortis episodes are good or whatever but like i think my issue with it is like the same as with the yoda and the wills episodes which is kind of like I you know I know Yoda can do mystical like magical crazy things. I know the Force can do mystical magical crazy things. I don't want to see like a visual representation of that in this way. It's like too specific and sure. too defined. You know, Yoda like or Obi-Wan or whoever in the original trilogy sort of talking about the power of the Force. To me that's powerful. Right. Like putting like giving it a visual representation takes uh, too much of the mystery
1: away like you know that's probably where we're leading into with the uh, world between worlds a hundred percent a hundred
0: percent yeah 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 so i mean that's that's my thing like so actually for me when i saw the mid-series trailer and i saw this image of the mortis stuff i was like oh all right well (laughs) we're doing the mortis thing again um so (laughs) but you know i know for you know obviously I, i think those episodes are important to Uh, the writers of uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, to Dave Filoni, to George Lucas. So, you know, he, I think he was pretty on board with that stuff. Yeah, so. I think
1: so from the Mortis stuff.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you know, who am I? I guess to uh, to complain about it, but it's it's definitely not my brand of Star Wars that I, that I'm into. But you know, so be it. Um, so so Mortis is back. You know, and it, and it's playing a, a sort of uh, integral role here. Um, and I guess what it does is, uh, or not what Mortis does necessarily, but with the painting, with the 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 sort of like mortis um uh, mural thing does is is it's uh, this portal into this world between world things or uh, thing um so they end up going into this world or ezra goes into this world between worlds
1: i did like how sabine was like critical to figuring out how that works um, yeah it was a nice tie-in with her art background and then they have her afterwards talking with uh, whatever the emperor's kind of yeah, guy yeah, is. I forget
0: that dude's name, but uh, he kind of made me th- I saw him think th-
1: about the guys in which I guess it is Return of the Jedi, the, yeah, that the, the creepy has yeah, hanging mm-hmm. out in the background, kind of made yes. me think about
0: that, yeah. Well, and actually, um, the his name is slipping my mind now, unfortunately, yeah. but uh, the guy from Rogue One vader's attendant who's like yes handing yeah. him a towel after he gets out of the bathtub right. that yeah. guy uh i saw in the trivia guide on StarWars.com that th- this was originally going to be that same character oh okay but yeah. then they were like continuity wise and i guess whatever other issues they thought man eh, it's probably better if it's not the same guy Makes but sense. it's it's definitely he's cut from the same cloth you know what i mean it's yeah. like yeah uh, yeah um sort of sith like acolyte it, really, it really
1: is like the raiders thing you know it's like the nazis were going after the occult stuff and the Sith are going after the occultish type stuff of the Jedi and force yeah. Sith.
0: Yeah, for sure. And in that regard, I mean it's it's uh, it's right there with the original intentions, I think, of George of aligning the Empire with the Nazis and Right. They, no, I think that's all really cool. Um, so yeah. Uh, loving it so far, minus, you know, not being thrilled about Mortis, but uh uh Mortis being back. Um but I, that's that's something where I feel like i can kind of give that to the people that you know like more it's like it's whatever uh you know it is what it is so anyways uh ezra ends up in this world between worlds and i have to say honestly for me i i really was like okay this is this is one of those up the rails for you this is not a star wars rebels episode that is going to work for me like i'm not going to be super into it so yeah but you were texting me during the episode like Whoa! I was excited like, you about were it. pumped. You were like, "Well, this I mean, is... initially,
1: I think you were probably pumped about part of it, the all the voices." That, yeah, yeah. That yeah. When hear. he gets in
0: there and you start Not hearing just the...
1: current ones, but ones that are going to happen in the future, ones from people that are way disconnected from him, like Maz Kanata is in there. You Yeah, know, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool stuff. It and is. It, it just was super intriguing to me that the the ones I I didn't notice all of the Maz Kanata and all those different ones until I went back later on and I actually found a thing on Reddit that listed out a ton of them but the one i noticed easily like vader talking to luke and things like that that were going to happen in the future so i thought that was really intriguing and just opened up a big piece now you know when you get into the mechanics of like what the heck is that place and how is this stuff happening i I don't know but
0: yeah well i and um I, I, yeah, I love the voices thing. I'm totally into that. Um, you know, you had sent me that Reddit thread. There's also a podcast I really like that's called uh, sky talkers. And, uh, uh, one of the hosts of that show, Charlotte, she uh, put up on their website, like uh, she went through and transcribed like all the names and voices and stuff. Um, and in the, in the dialogue they were saying, I think that stuff is really, really cool. Um, so, you know,
1: yeah very impressed Dave with the way they did it. About it. And, like Hugh just used that as a good opportunity to kind of Meld all of the pieces of Star Wars that existed at that point together. So that was kind of a cool.
0: Yeah, and I think like I think like it, as far as that part of it goes, it's like so we have sort of created this situation where we have the opportunity to tie rebels into the overall saga and also kind of pay tribute to the overall saga. And right. like they killed it on that, like yeah, really good job with that. So I that I'm happy with. That being said, like and and you know what, I actually kind of really like the way it looks too. Um like the world between worlds like mm-hmm. how it's just like blank and uh all that like i think it looks pretty cool i mean you start to think about it too much and it's like well, wait a minute like what is this and like how does this make sense um but visually i think it's it's kind of compelling looking right.
1: i kind of um, like thinking about that because i don't know it, i'm not gonna take it too seriously it's star wars but to me it was kind of cool like whoa is this maybe some kind of like pseudo way explanation of how the ghost stuff works a little bit who knows you know what i mean like i i don't know there there could be a lot of weird tie-ins there that they go and i i honestly hope they don't go too far in concretely defining what that is because they oh, don't need to you know
0: uh, yeah i mean i do think that's probably like it could it could be like that like oh well, this is how they like slide along this like you know, invisible bridge thing to get from one place to the other, but like, is that, I don't want to think about it. like. Right, I yeah. just want Obi Wan to show up as a ghost in Return of the Jedi, and I don't want to think about it. I, I don't even want to think about the fact that he sits on a log, but he's actually a ghost. Like, and same <laughs> thing with Yoda in in, in Last Jedi. Right. Like, a lot of the, like, the more you try to explain away stuff that's mystical and doesn't make any f- sense. I think the less intriguing, interesting, and fun it, it is for me. Now, I know that, the, but I know there's a lot of people that love this episode and they love, you know, some of that stuff that really gets into explaining things. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person. Like, for me, you keep it mysterious and and, and you don't explain. Like, there, there is no explanation that makes any sense for how well, this yeah, stuff happens. Exactly. Even within the rules <clears throat> of Star Wars, I feel like it, it, when you try to explain it in a way that's like, well, actually, this. This is step one, then this is step two, this is step three, this is step four for how you become a ghost. No, I don't want to know that. I just want to be like, I guess this is a thing we can do now. We can be Force ghosts. But when you start, and that's the thing, you know, like uh, I think in The Last Jedi, you have these conversations between Rey and Kylo Ren through the Force, right? Right. Cool. Like it's something new. It's cool. But- it's all left up to the imagination. You right. know what I mean? And then they'll do weird things like Kylo Ren finding water on his glove from Octo. Well,
1: the and second, L- Luke seeing them too, you know?
0: This, Yeah. The second Ryan, if, you know, obviously he didn't do this and I'm very thankful, but the second he would have cut from Kylo looking at the water on his glove to some weird portal world showing drops of water fly from one place to the other, it ruins it for me. Like that's yeah. not, I don't want that. Right. I just want something weird that is unexplainable and in a world between worlds is going a little too far for me into trying to explain things and how they work in the force. And I just don't like that, you know? And I, that's, I that's how I felt about mortis too. It's like, yeah, you've got all this stuff with the prophecy and the will of the force and all that. But once you start putting a name and a face and a design on the will of the force, it's like, well, that's not really that cool anymore. That's
1: how I look at it. I think it maybe gives like just enough definition to it for me where like, I don't need to know how that or why that thing exists, but like, I don't know, could that be an explanation for those force visions? Did Snoke figure out how to do those things and somehow bridge their visions between those? You know, I don't need to know the exact mechanics of it, but it just kind of percolates my mind about all these different things and how it could potentially tie into it. More so than me needing to understand exactly what it's doing. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It just yeah. gives me more things to think about. That That's what I like about it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, because like the way they're doing this stuff, it is defining a lot of things, but it's also leaving definitely some major questions kind of unanswered. So I can, I can see that. That makes sense. Um, I'm going to try to like, if I cannot, who knows if I'll remember this 20 minutes from now, but I'm going to try to like make a note of this in my head in terms of like how the emperor plays into things later on. Cause, um, yeah, I think that's relevant to this, but let's, let's stay focused on, um, a world between worlds from now or for now. So anyways, um, as in this place, he hears the voices. It's cool. Um, he starts to notice these portals and then he sees Ahsoka, mm-hmm. Um, and he sees that battle at Malachor. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, like we won't spend too much time on it, but what was your, what were your thoughts on that season two finale? Do you remember like, are you, or like how you feel about that one in general? I thought it was
1: cool. Um, at the time, the one I think, I was a little bit disappointed at the time because I thought I wanted to see more of Ahsoka and Vader mm-hmm. slash Anakin, mm-hmm. um, and they didn't really give it to us. But I'm I like in retrospect, I'm fine with the way that it was done. Okay. Um, and I always thought that she survived that, yeah, even from back then,
0: yeah. I was really disappointed with that episode, um, honestly. And uh, man, I sound pretty negative tonight. Unfortunately, I do love Star Wars Rebels, but um, <laughs> I was I was like pretty disappointed with that one because uh, I thought it was going to be like really epic and have some weight to it and stuff. And uh, really, I felt like they avoided kind of doing anything too conclusive. Um, and probably the creators of the show, you know, Falonian and crew writers and all that, had this final you know, run of episodes in mind. Um, I'm assuming that they kind of had this figured out or right, they partially had, they so had some kind of arc put together. Cause otherwise it's kind of like, you know, you, you put Darth Vader in front of Ahsoka, you have these emotional, this emotional moment between mm-hmm. them just to say, and eh, out, let's just deal with this two seasons from now. Like I just, that just did not sit well with me whatsoever. Plus there were, um, lightsaber helicopters and stuff in that episode so hey, and true. and Darth Maul which is another thing that I'm not into into is Darth Maul like <laughs> at all um I like him for two hours in the Phantom Menace and then I don't want to see him anymore so um yeah that that wasn't my favorite run of episodes either but uh anyway um he kind of sees Ezra sees that moment through the portal and is able to pluck Ahsoka out of that moment um it seemed like he didn't
1: really even think about it either like he just kind of did it reactionary Mm -hmm. you know so i I don't know that he like planned on doing it the way that they framed it up
0: yeah uh no i don't yeah i think it was an instinct pretty much right to do that yeah um and she obviously didn't know what was going on so it's not like she planned for him to do that to him
1: or to her and um, then i was just super i think that's when i texted you because i was just super (laughs) excited to have ahsoka back (laughs)
0: that's cool I'm glad I'm happy yeah. for you I'm happy for you that you were happy to have her back uh, <laughs> I like her I do like her a lot but um
1: I don't know I like that I, they haven't overused her in rebels yeah it's not like they had I mean she was in quite a few episodes kind of in I guess season two it would have been I, uh, I when they showed that she was back but they I don't feel like they've overdone it
0: no her. no definitely not they've they've been I think that they I think they wanted, they want Rebels to be Ezra and then, you know, Kanan and Hera and Sabine and everybody else, but really Ezra's story. And so I think they were aware of the fact that the more they brought Ahsoka in, the less, you know, it would truly be Ezra's story. right And so I think they showed restraint in that regard. Uh, To me, don't bring Ahsoka and Darth Maul and Rex and all these Clone Wars characters in really at all, if you want it to be Ezra's story, because... For me it was like in and we don't have time for all this tonight, but like in season one it so was the story of the ghost crew and dude I I've said this before on the show, and we've talked about it. I, I used to cry like every third episode watching Star Wars Rebels in the first two seasons. I really did. I was so emotionally invested in these characters. I didn't cry once in
1: these final Seen five that episodes. Family dynamic and like when Kane, their relationships yes. growing, and yeah. When Kanan yeah.
0: died, I didn't cry. You know, like when Ezra in the final moments. I mean, I had goosebumps at certain points, right. and I, yeah. I felt emotional. I would agree with you. But like there were times in season one and two where I was just so in love with these characters and the story of the Ghost Crew and all that. And then I felt like with season three and four, it became. Yeah, we're gonna like put sixty percent of it into the characters, but then like forty percent into world building with Mandalorians and Darth oh, right. Maul, and all. You know, it just lost the thing that made me lost a little bit of the focus. It, just a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. still a great show. I still like it, you know, more than Clone Wars, which I also do like a lot. You know, it, Rebels is great, but. Um, but I, I think like it it, it it sometimes lost the focus on on the characters in, in a way that you know it was really kind of laser focused initially. Um, so, but anyway, to get back to this episode, he saves her. She's there. Um, and and for me, it's it is uh, Ahsoka in some ways is it's kind of like a uh, uh, she's kind of quite a bit like Darth Maul in in Rebels in the sense that like I don't like the idea of Darth Maul being around, mm-hmm. and I don't really like the idea of Ahsoka being around very much in Rebels. But the way they do it is good, you know, Yeah. like I didn't I, I always thought like pretty much what they were doing with Darth Maul and rebels was really cool and really smart,
1: especially compared to the way he was in Clone Wars. It just seemed like so unnecessary in Clone Wars and the whole spider thing. And yep. it, it, that just seemed insane. But I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. The way they handled him in rebels, I thought was good. They actually built his character a little bit, you know.
0: And same for Ahsoka, even more so for Ahsoka. Yeah, Ahsoka's just hands down a better character, I think, than Darth Maul. Yeah. And so, and like the way they use Ahsoka, it's like, man, if somebody would call me up, which they never will do, but if someone just call me up <laughs> and say like, hey, we're thinking about bringing Ahsoka back in the final couple episodes of Rebels, I would say, no, I don't want the final couple episodes of Rebels to be about Ahsoka. Don't do that. Uh, but then when they ignored me and did it anyway, I think I would watch these episodes and say like, well, I didn't really want her around, but the way you did it was great. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at with it. Like I I didn't want to see Ahsoka in the world between worlds, but when they brought her in, I felt like the conversation she had, um, you know, the way her stoic kind of attitude and like the way she carries herself as, as a, a former Jedi and force user and all that stuff is really great. And, um, I think the lesson that she imparted to, to Ezra, Yeah, she really feels a little
1: bit of a mentor role right when it's needed there, you know, as they're kind of walking through the worlds and then he mm-hmm. sees the moment when Kanan dies. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although I think that, that could have worked without Ahsoka needing to show up in that moment too because it almost like, how great would it have been if...
1: That was a self-actualization point for him. Yeah,
0: well, and and through Kanan. Like, yeah, Kanan's dead, and he can't be here to tell me that I have right. to let him go, but I learned everything I needed to learn from him to know I need to let him go instead of Ahsoka having to be there to tell him, like, right. hey, you gotta let Kanan go. But, you know, I'm I'm cool with it either way. I think it was good. It was, like I said, it was well done, but... uh but it's all like the whole sort of setup and situation. And and I guess my, my kind of bigger problem with it too, I don't know how you'll feel about this, but my kind of bigger issue with it too is like, to me, that place, that whole setup, the world between worlds, all of it exists so that we can not kill Ahsoka in season two. Because otherwise I don't see why is it there, you know? Right. I guess you could say it's there so that he can be presented with the option to save Kanan and then not do it. You know? And and that's cool, I guess. But it's such a different thing for Star Wars to have this like realm where you could go in and start, you know, Marty McFlying people out of bad situations that right. like that's too much. Like for well, me it's too much it, like I don't You like know, that. I kinda
1: like when they lead into the next part here when we they then see the Emperor through one of those portals and you get the feeling that this is something the Emperor's been trying to crack for a while and he is a little bit surprised that he's seen there, but not really seeing ezra in there um you know we know he's been kind of watching him for a while and the other thing i thought about with the world between worlds too is like and i, I saw other people talking about this online but could this be the thing that uh, darth plagueis used back in you know when they and i don't know if we'll ever know that stuff nor do we need to necessarily but that's the kind of stuff that I like about it, where it like opens up these possibilities of thought for me.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like the idea of the emperor uh, craving this and not being able to sort of crack that nut, as you say. I think that's cool. I think it makes sense. Um, you go back to you know pre Disney canon. Um, you know expanded universe stuff like the emperor was obsessed i think with like you know eternal life and sort of cloning himself and living forever and all that stuff i think that totally makes sense that that's what a sith would be focused on um so the fact that ezra and ahsoka are in there and and you know palpatine can't find his way in right that's cool i'm i'm yes thumbs up for that i think that but is. But i
1: think it does kind of open the <laughs> the door for like I don't know. Ten years from now, like, oh, uh, this dude just popped in there and grabbed the Emperor when he was falling down the shaft in the Death Star and pulled him out, or you know. I hope they don't do anything stupid like that.
0: Uh, you know, and here's you know what's funny about it is but like. But I guess
1: some people could argue that they already did that with pulling Ahsoka out of there. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, well, I
0: no, that's it's yeah, that's of, it's, a can, <laughs> it's a can of worms. I, that is how I feel about the Ahsoka thing. It's like yeah. this is a way to. It's a way like it's a way to avoid kind of um telling um i don't know it's a. It, it seems stupid to say a realistic story when when it when it comes to these characters because it's star wars it doesn't need to be realistic but like i guess like honest feels too extreme because i don't think they're telling a dishonest story but you know what i mean like it's a it's a way to avoid telling the story as it is probably asking to be told you know what i mean right. as is the most emotionally true way to tell the story. I think the most emotionally true way to tell that story is like when Ahsoka meets her mentor, her father figure, Darth Vader, he's evil as hell and he strikes her down and she doesn't hold a candle to the chosen one. You know what I mean? This dark Lord of the Sith, like she's not getting out of there alive and they know that, but they want her to anyway. So they come up with some harebrained way of bringing her back two seasons later, I think. And and then it's just a way to be like, well, Ahsoka not only was in Clone Wars, but now she's in Rebels and now like she's going to be in who knows whatever else going forward, you know, right. which we'll talk about at the end. But it's just like at a certain point, it just kind of defies logic in, in what I kind of want to believe as far as Star Wars storytelling goes. That being said, if they were willing to be like, hey, we've got a sort of animated alternate universe this is how things work in the animated world of star wars then if 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 it if it was set up and honestly people probably hate me for saying this or really vehemently disagree with me on this but like honestly i think that in reality is what they're doing I, i think in reality there is an animated canon and it's different from the film canon.
1: And the same way with the comic books, right? But they're never like, going to come out. And they they can't. They, other episodes, they can't come
0: out and say it. They can't come out and say it because it just confuses the issue and it's going to make people mad and whatever. Right. And it's like they're so close to one another, you know, they're not going to contradict each other. But like they will do things in a cartoon that they would never bring into the movies and you know do things in a comic that they would never bring into the movies or they wouldn't even bring into the cartoons necessarily right and like to me that works that's fine and i like it i'd actually like in a cartoon or a comic i'd love it if they did like a hey we're gonna do an alternate reality spin on star wars storytelling and guess what the emperor doesn't fall down the shaft and then like what happens after that yeah like a like a what do you call it uh i forget what they call it in like marvel comics and stuff when they would have like the
1: oh when they just do the alternate universe yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. And, and and it would be like right in the title of the comic like this is like the alternate you know right i would love i think that'd be fun that'd be cool yeah that'd be fun you know as long as i don't have to take it seriously as part of like the main star wars story then what about lego freemakers do you take that no i don't and i don't know if they tell me i'm supposed to or not but i don't i mean i i I mean i don't actually watch it so (laughs) i watched a little Uh, bit of it yeah i mean i don't yeah i don't hate it or anything but i haven't really watched it so um but but yeah i mean i guess that that's that is the thing i can kind of say overall though is like there are some big choices in these episodes or big scenarios in this episode that I don't really like but I will say that they 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 are able to do things I don't like really well like in a way yeah. that that you know I I could I could have walked away from some of these decisions being like oh man it ruined everything for me and instead i just walk away from it going this episode i don't really like this little particular piece of lore i don't really like but i still love ezra i still love the rebels story overall like yeah. this is just an episode that i don't it's a bridge too far for me yeah but it doesn't ruin the show for me or anything you know right i just don't this is one of you know just like clone wars i've gone back to watch a ton of Clone Wars episodes." I never go back and watch Mortis, you know, (laughs) I'm probably never going to go back and watch the plucking Ahsoka out of a sticky situation episode again. But
1: you know, I think that should be your next tattoo. (laughs) Reaching through that portal.
0: No, I don't think
1: an Ahsoka tattoo so is in the card. Speaking cars. of reaching through the portal, the Emperor kind of presents himself and then does this fire thing to Ezra and starts trying to pull him through. Mm-hmm. Which I I don't know exactly what he's trying to do except just get Ezra, I guess. Yeah, or maybe he can't maybe he can see through that portal but he can't get through it. I don't know. It's weird I don't, that I it, don't feel like they need to explain why right. exactly what's going on there. It but.
0: is weird that he can shoot like blue force lightning plasma stuff into the thing into the world between worlds but he can't go in there himself
1: but i mean the only thing that makes sense to me maybe is like just like ezra had to use i'm assuming the light side of the force to open up that portal outside the temple to get into it anyways maybe you can only really get into that world between worlds um, with pure intentions or something like that. And that's yeah, or where the Emperor can like see into it, but he can't get in there.
0: Or like Ezra doesn't open the portal, the portal opens itself to Ezra yeah. and won't open itself right. to Palpatine or whatever. So that could be... Um, yeah, but I mean, that's it's cool to see the Emperor back and it's way cooler even in the next, you know, the following week, the last episode. Yeah. So um so yeah so you're pretty high on uh world between worlds i'm yeah not so much but i can see i can see the appeal and i think what like i said i've probably said this like four times already but uh i don't like what they did but i do like like the execution of it i guess you know uh it's 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 well done so um and it it, you know it's an it's an idea that doesn't sit with me that well but uh Because they did it so well, I can walk away going, like, eh, don't like it that much, but I'm, you know, overall it's fine. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. But let's talk about the final two slash three episodes, depending on how you look at it, which is a fool's hope, a family, and and a family reunion and a farewell. Um,
1: It's just aired at the very end of that last episode. He does give that uh, nice moment with the Loth Wolf and kind of says goodbye to Kanan as well. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. And we have that here in the
0: notes. And uh, yes. And and I thought that was that was touching for sure. Um, yeah,
1: it was absolutely. nice. It was low key. It wasn't too him getting too emotional about it or anything like that. But yeah, it was, mm-hmm. just, it was just nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I, I do think like had uh, Kanan died, like maybe before the midseason break or at some point, like even maybe at the end of um, season three. I think it would have been kinda of nice to explore some of these characters' grief with Kanan or right. about Kanan a little more.
1: Didn't definitely didn't It all has
0: to happen time. like really fast, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it almost seems like Ezra's like, ah, oh, Kanan died, like I mean they show him out in the field like kinda of crying or whatever and then a wolf, wolf shows up and he's like, Oh, I guess Kanan's in that wolf, so whatever. <laughs> you know, it just happened so fast, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so I think like him struggling with that stuff could've been and and Hera and everybody struggling with that stuff could have been a little more explored. Yeah, had they had more time to do it, but but yeah, it's a, it's a nice moment, and uh, yeah, I definitely felt it there. You know what I mean for sure. Right. So it was good. Um, okay, so the the last couple episodes, uh, big 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 episodes, lots going on, lots of, lots of action, um, pretty fun. The, uh, I, I thought um, A Fool's Hope started out really fun, especially with, like, Hondo being back.
1: Yeah, kind of getting man, the gang back
0: together, him, the troopers. If they're going to try to, like, artificially extend any character, like, through multiple eras of Get Star us Wars. more like, Hondo. Yeah. yeah, man, start pulling Hondo through portals,
1: because that guy is fantastic. You think, you think he shows up in Solo? No. yeah, I would, I wouldn't think so, but I wouldn't be disappointed. I mm-hmm. think I'd be more happy to see Hondo than I was to see... Doctor, whatever his name I, is, I, is I, in Rogue One. If you, you know can, can
0: stick Doctor I mean? Ezzavon or Evazon yeah, in um, Ponda Baba in Rogue One, then I think you can put some Hondo in uh, in uh, Solo. But yeah, I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. But um, it w- I would, I would be happy. I would, yeah. I would definitely be happy. Um, so yeah, there's like a battle there, um, and then we see a sequence where Governor Price is talking to Ryder Azadi. Which I never really thought about this, but I guess Ryder Azadi was the former governor of. Lothal or Lothal City prior and to their occupation yeah the I guess yeah. she's called Governor Price because she's I was thinking governor like Governor Tarkin which maybe it is sort of the same thing but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah that she's like the imperial uh, sort of like autocratic version of of what um, Ryder Azadi would have been previously anyway they have their conversation and uh, Ryder convincingly sells out the rebels and yeah. uh, I mean you know I, I was the whole time I was thinking like wait, is this real or is he faking this? Um, but then as it went, as they pushed it further and further, I'm like, no, nah, I think he just yeah, straight up it, it, sold it, they them out. Yeah,
1: definitely did a good job uh, selling that story. Yeah,
0: that was well done. Um, so, But he did that all to like lure the Empire and, and Price in um, so that they could kind of attack and take her and, and sort of win, which kind of works, but then it doesn't. But then the Loaf Wolves ensure that it does, but then it still doesn't because Rook shows up, I think.
1: right. Um, but yeah, Rook, you see, I think they, would knock him off a cliff or something, but he manages to grab onto something and survive and then pops he, back up at the unexpected time. That's yeah, up.
0: but, but I mean, that's, I think that's kind of like the whole 30-minute episode for the most part. Um, and then the, the last one, Family Reunion and Farewell, is the 60-minute yeah um, episode. But I, I thought it was... Um, you know, A Fool's Hope is the name of this, this first episode of the final week. I thought it was great. It was exciting. It was fun. It was surprising, like I said. Mm-hmm. You had some Hondo in there. Um, it felt like weighty and important, but still like a fun cartoon. You know what I mean? I thought, yeah. I thought it
1: was really good. It gave you that nice little action piece that you kind of needed during all of this uh, somewhat heavy things with characters being killed off and, you know, that coming to the end of the series. Yeah, because you want Rebels to be, like, you want this, like, this final couple episodes of
0: Rebels to have a little bit of everything, you know? Like, it needs to have emotional weight, it needs to have, like, epic stuff, but it also needs to be, like, you know, fun and representative of, I think, like, you know, what a lot of people probably came to the show for, which was, like, just, like... This sort of like, you know what it is actually is like when, when I first started watching season one of rebels, it's like, Oh, this feels like a new hope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just pure star Wars, like fun, you know? Um, yeah. It's this
1: this group of little scrappy characters but, that yeah. kind of get together and do something impossible.
0: Yeah. Like a new hope is like star Wars at its purest because it's before it like, you know, George and, and crew started to expand it out and develop it further and all that. But like, at its most basic form like that's what star wars is and i I feel like star wars rebels had that tone um really 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 locked in on that and i think force awakens too you know star wars rebels season one and then force awakens both it was just like man you guys get like this is exactly what star wars is at its core you know and then the further it expands out and tries to do different things which it should do there's a possibility that maybe you know it's not gonna I'm not gonna feel as much, but with those that first season it was there, and I feel like this episode of Fool's Hope maybe not to, to quite the same degree as, as like season one, but um, I think it was successful in getting to that like you know core of like what Star Wars is and feeling really a new hopeish, which is perfect for a show set in the uh, in that the early well. rebellion. Yeah, yeah. so they, they did a great job with that episode. Um, so then let's jump into the final. Um, 60 minutes of Star Wars Rebels, um, which, again, I think is is overall really, really uh, well done, even if there's a couple things in there that stretch belief a little bit. So um, some of the stuff that I love most in Rebels is uh, represented here in the beginning of this episode, uh, which features um, Ezra, you know, sitting, I think, up at, like, the top of the ghost ship or mm-hmm. something, maybe the Phantom, no, the Phantom's, destroyed
1: i guess whatever i don't know yeah the what, ghost.
0: yeah up on the ghost and he's um looking at this like hollow projection of his parents which
1: is that the one that we kind of see really early on in the first couple episodes i th- think so in, the t- in his like t- radio tower that you stay in
0: yeah i think so um and he's talking to that projection of his parents and i think it's great on so many levels um it's good because or great because uh i think ezra's connection to his parents who were rebels themselves Mm and you know a different way um is at the heart of his character and at the heart of the show and so uh i think it would have been a bummer to kind of forget about them right you know um in the end and they are so crucial to who he is and that's what he tells them you know when he's when he's looking at this projection so i think that's Um, pretty beautiful and, uh, really well done. Um, and then of course they do kind of factor in later in the episode. So it's obviously smart writing too, to have him kind of, um, addressing them early on. But, uh, you know, I'm watching this and I'm like, yeah, this is what rebels is about. You know, that's what it was for me uh, as a show overall. So to see that there in the final episode, I think was great. Um, and then some more action happens and yep. uh they, they they fight some more and and um they end up in this like situation in which Thrawn is uh threatening to and actually starts to just annihilate Lothal City. Right. Just he's just gonna straight up annihilate Lothal City unless Ezra kinda offers himself up to Thrawn.
1: Yep, exactly. They uh tried to get the shields up, weren't able to do it, and then he comes in and just starts decimating him. And it, you know, shows that character growth with Ezra. He just, and and I like that they tied it back to. That's what his whole purpose was at the beginning. Before he even linked up with these people, he was just trying to save people, save Lothal, because he was doing just little independent things, you know, in the cities there. I forget exactly what he was doing, but you know, like, like reenacting the ro- like the moments Robin-
0: from Aladdin, I think. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly, kind of like the Robin Hood type thing. He yeah. was stealing things and giving it to the poor people and. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: and just that, just that, messing the, with the storm tro- thing is very very apt there actually
0: I think yeah. just messing with stormtroopers right Too yeah. like just raining on their parade a little bit if he can and right. yeah nothing major but yeah um yeah so his main
1: purpose you know still reigns true when he he gives himself up and goes and sees Thrawn to stop the bombardment on the city and kind of leaves the rest of the characters to Try to try to salvage this mission.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it was good that Sabine kind of saw what he was doing and distracted Hera, like almost like ran a diversion so yeah. that Hera wouldn't know what Ezra was doing, because um, right. it shows like her trust in him. And uh, you remember like she was kind of annoyed by him in season one and definitely yep, thought absolutely. he was kind of a um,
1: kind of an annoying little bribe.
0: yeah, exactly. And now it's like. You know, I, th- I feel like that's the kind of thing that that previously uh, Sabine would have done for Kanan. You know, yeah. um, and now she has like a similar level of trust in in Ezra, uh, so that was cool uh, for sure. Um, once um, Ezra shows up there with Thron, Thron takes um, Ezra to a projection, a hollow projection of um, of uh, Palpatine. Yeah, and uh, that's where this was all headed. I think so. That was right. cool.
1: And it wasn't the Emperor either, you know, or the uh, projection of the Emperor. It was the projection of Palpatine looking like he did in uh, Sith before he got kind of shocked with his own force lightning and grew all gruesome.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of similar to Last Jedi. It's like you're watching um, Luke Skywalker come out there and you're like, well, wait a minute, he doesn't look the way he should. You know what I mean? He looks different. And um, yeah, I definitely had that same thought watching, um, you know, Palpatine initially. It's like, okay, wait a minute, this is post way post um, Revenge of the Sith. He shouldn't mm-hmm. look like that. He should look all, you know, um, burnt up or whatever, wrinkly. <laughs> um, so uh, so he kind of knew something was up there. And, I mean, that's his way. That's that's exactly. what he does is he deceives. All about deception. Yeah. Deception, yeah. So that was perfect, I thought. Um, and uh, I also thought it was perfect that what Palpatine tries to do with Ezra is exactly what he did with Anakin, which is I'm going to present you with the false opportunity you know, the false belief that you can have something, um,
1: it's just like the opera scene, right? I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's even talking kind of in this, I mean, it's this, it's obviously uh, Ian McDermott, so th- it's very similar and he's going to talk in the same cadence and type of thing. But yeah, it's, you right. know, you could probably sit down and map those on top of each other and you'll hear him talk in the exact same ways.
0: Right, right, right. So it's like, okay, Ezra, um, you know, Anakin, I can give you the opportunity to save the one you love, even though the only reason you think she's dying is because I planted that idea in your head. It's how I read it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how I look at it. Um, and then, you know, here it's like, hey, uh, I can offer you the opportunity to, you know, um, have this life with your parents that you thought was not a possibility. Um, and I don't think there's any truth to that at all. No. Uh, obviously.
1: And I mean, part of me wonders because of its close proximity to the whole world between worlds thing, it's like, okay, is this somehow tapping into that? But like, I almost, I think he's probably just projecting that whole thing and none of it's real. Um,
0: but then what's interesting about that though, when you follow that train of thought, which I, I agree with you, but then it's like, well, what is the emperor trying to accomplish in that moment then? Cause like it's, it's, he supposedly recreated the temple from Lothal or like the one right. little wall or chunk of wall or whatever from Lothal. But then like, if that was the case, then how is he able to show Ezra something fake on the other side of that portal? Or I think he's
1: just projecting it, just like he can. I don't know, project himself as looking differently. Right. So it, then I got, but I guess what I'm saying is, then like,
0: what happens then when Ezra walks through that portal? Just like Palpatine has control over him,
1: or what? I think he he just want. I think he's trying to get him to open it so he can go through the portal and get into the world between worlds. That or like that's that's what he thinks will happen at least. Palpatine. Okay. Yeah. That's the way I took that.
0: Okay. I guess in my head, I'm just thinking like. Even
1: though we know that like that's not how we entered the world between worlds through that door and all that, but
0: I guess yeah, I guess like i my my thought is like okay, well he's presenting something fake to Ezra, hoping Ezra will take it. But if it's fake, walking through it shouldn't do anything anyway. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm I guess I'm having trouble figuring out like it's all a lie, and yet if he walks through it, then he get like Palpatine gets what he wants. It's like. I don't, I don't think there's do you,
1: anything to walk through. Remember, he's telling him, all you got to do is open this. He's got that like switch on the wall and he starts to do it. Okay. And okay, that, okay, that okay. image is just kind of in front of him during all of that. I see. Okay. okay. I, don't, I don't, you know, I don't think Palpatine completely understands like that. That's not how Ezra got into that world between worlds. I think he just, the way I took it is he's just assuming that. Ezra hit this switch and then he walked in there and then that was the world between worlds. And Palpatine wants him to open it up and then he's just going to kill him or whatever and then go into the world between worlds himself.
0: Okay, because I was kind of thinking like, is this a situation where it's like, well, if he does this, then he fails. And if he fails, then... You know, in the same way, like once I got Anakin to fail, I owned him. You know what I mean? I I thought maybe it was something like that. Like once I get Ezra to fail, I own him. He could either
1: kill him. He could just knock him down and say, you know. Well, no, I think he wants
0: control of Ezra because he knows that Ezra is able to do things that he wants access to. I just wonder if if it's in that moment he would get access to those things or if it's like he knows, like, I got to break this kid first. And once I break him, then I can get him to do whatever I want, you know, because that's how it worked with Anakin. but. Um. I don't know. But luckily, Ezra, um, you know, remembers the lesson he learned through Kanan and through Ahsoka yeah. in the previous episode and, um, you know, kind of talks to his parents and says, like, I, you know, I wish that this could be or whatever, but I've, I've got to let you go. Um, and I think that's, you know, it's great because the, 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 the show opens with Ezra struggling with, you know, his parents being gone and um, obviously, understandably, not being able to let them go. So yeah. for it to go this way, uh, I thought was was uh, very poignant and uh, really well done. I thought it was perfect for Ezra as a character. I thought it was perfect for Palpatine as a character, too. It was exactly what you'd expect from him. And, you know, Tabby and McDermott back was really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love all this stuff. I think that it was all, you know, great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, once Ezra, once, once Palpatine realizes Ezra's not going to go for it.
1: Yeah, he starts tearing down the temple. He, he starts
0: tearing down the temple. And then also those proto Praetorian guards show yeah. up. And He drops
1: the facade. He looks like the emperor again. Which is a great moment. Yeah, that then was super disappears cool. disappears and entree to the uh, Praetorian guards.
0: Yeah, and that that's really cool too. Because then that makes me, you know, you had mentioned earlier in the show, like, you know, stuff that makes you start thinking and makes you start wondering about things and exploring things, you know, kind of in your head and whatever. And it's like. Dude, the, that's what I have happening when I start thinking about like Wait a minute. So the emperor had praetorian guards, yeah, which I mean it, it's implied visually anyway cuz they look pretty similar to the royal guards from the original trilogy, but still Right, but they look Those are like way straight up praetorian like, guards. Yeah. yeah. They, exactly. So then I'm thinking like, okay, well he had praetorian guards and Snoke has praetorian guards, so like how, what is this connection between Snoke and the emperor and the Sith and Snoke and, you know, Right. the all that stuff. Um
1: I mean, maybe, I it, it. you know, maybe it's just as simple as it's a tradition type thing that they know from past, you know, know from the past happening. So they do something similar or whatever, yeah. and do their own take on it. Yeah. I liked that they kind of had those, uh, wands that I forget what the guards were called, but Sidious's guards that had like the purple wands that they fought with.
0: Oh, the Magna guards that had yeah, the, Magna guards. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are those things called? That's a good point. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool.
1: And now that I'm thinking about it, wasn't there a spot where earlier in an earlier season of Rebels, Zeb's like gun thing, didn't he kind of like oh, tape yeah. that? And it's almost looks similar to this. Like it.
0: Yes, um, man. Right. I'm, I'm forgetting the exact terminology now, but he was in the uh, Lasan or Lassat, uh kind of Royal Guard or whatever. And that right. was like that. It yeah. was like a very like. Like, honorable, like, um, sacred kind of thing for them, their weapon. And yeah, right. I think Callus tried to pervert that and turn it into some kind of weapon that yeah, was used yeah, to kill that.
1: his people and all that. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's a good it's point. It's kind of cool to see the same weapon idea mm-hmm. throughout. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, so after
0: that, um, Ezra ends up being kind of confronting Thron again, Thron's like, "Hey, I got you, like I'm winning, whatever." Um they're on a ship and uh um Ezra through the help of some of his friends um from like previous seasons, you know, uh those those rebels that are I forget the name of the character, but the the guy with the shaggy hair, he's kind of he's based on Matt Martin from the story group, but mm-hmm. anyway, that 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 rebel kid um who was uh oh god, he was he was like the the nephew of Colonel uh, Sato, right? Remember, You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, well, yep. okay. I forget his name at this point. But anyway, um, he uh, is able somehow to help Ezra bring the Purgle back. Yeah. I don't know exactly how he did that. Or like, you know, Ezra had told him, like, hey, man, you know, I might need you to grab it the Purgle was, for uh, me.
1: <laughs> what did they do? Oh, they did something with some frequency that the that the Emperor never used anymore. And they they used that as a as a signal to call them and bring them okay. to the planet. Because remember, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy that defected from the emperor empire and went to re- went to the rebels' side. Callis. Callus. Callus says something like, mm-hmm. "They don't use that anymore, or whatever." Oh, okay. You know okay, what I mean? okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah so the purgles show up. They kind of like wrap
1: the ship. They wrap Thrawn up they bust up a bunch of the other ships too. Mm they just kind of ram into them and yeah, they kind of
0: help win the day and then they, they wrap everybody up and, and Ezra kind of tells like Hera and everybody. Um, and he kind of looks at the camera and he's got this great, like may the force be with you always kind of moment. Yeah. Um, before they all take off the pit, the pearl take off and it takes everybody into hyperspace and he tells Thrawn like our fate or maybe Thrawn tells Ezra, our fates are going to be the same. And Ezra says, that's the idea, you know, um, which is cool. But I'm a little, I guess I'm not totally understanding what happened in that moment. At first I thought he died, you know, or if not that he died, that like that's the end of his story because it was just this great moment. Like may the force be with you always, you know, and like you I'm doing this, this thing
1: just that blast out there. Yeah.
0: And similar to like the, the kind of confidence that Kanan had mm-hmm. in his final moments, I feel like Ezra just he knew what he was doing was exactly the right thing, you know. Um, so it seemed like a moment of finality. And I guess to a certain extent it is. But um, you know, Dave uh, Filoni on Rebels Recon afterwards was like, "Oh, they're definitely both still alive. They're out there, you know, um, which I guess you would assume anyway, but I don't know where would they go? I don't understand where they went, you know, I don't know. Like Pergal can fly through hyperspace.
1: We didn't ever see where the pearl came from. We just saw them show up at that one planet, the mining planet. When right, they... but didn't
0: they help them travel through hyperspace when they did show up at that mining
1: planet? Or like, what was because we knew they could do hyperspace stuff. Yeah, I knew we knew that they could do it, but I don't remember if they helped them for or if we just saw them take off in hyperspace. Maybe that's what I, it is. I don't Maybe remember. that's what it is. But I guess it's just one of
0: the it's just one of these things where it's like the characters in Star Wars cruise through hyperspace constantly. So, the idea that, like, oh, well, these whales showed up and they brought them into hyperspace. Who knows where they are? We might never see them again. Right. To me, it just seems weird. Like, I guess, I mean, obviously, you know, the Purgle could fly through hyperspace to some place that nobody knows how to get to and is like in the unknown regions and nobody knows right. what well, it is. And I
1: mean, at that moment, I just assumed, oh, this the Purgle was taking him to hyperspace and they died and that's it. That's what but it is. Yes. But we find out, you know, 15 minutes later that that's not necessarily the case.
0: Right. And so to me, like to go back an episode or two before, it's like, okay, well... Uh, We don't really want to kill Sokka, but, you know, we don't really have a good way to get out of this. You have a really poignant
1: opportunity here and and end up not I don't even care that
0: they didn't kill him. But to me, it's like there's the kind of sensical and sort of like all things are pointing towards this being the way to do this ending. Like in season two, all signs, all situations, everything is pointing to Vader killing Ahsoka but we're not ready to kill Ahsoka, So we'll come up with some kind of like over-engineered way of her surviving. And I do like this ending overall. And I was talking to my wife about it and she's like, well, it's a kid show and do you really want him to kill as we're in the final episode? It's like, well, no, I guess I don't. You know what I mean? And I guess like, so I don't hate it. I'm not, but at the same time, I'm like, so some space whales take him into hyperspace (laughs) and then everyone's like, I guess we'll never see him again. Like, how is that? I just don't understand how that's like the. Well, and that's I why
1: I figured they just killed him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, but they that sure was his didn't. His way of killing himself. Yeah.
0: He sure didn't because then. Um. And by the way, overall, I guess like I'm not gonna grade it, but if I was, I would give it a high grade. Like the ending there, because I do think it was poignant. It was powerful. Um. It was respectful to the car- character of Ezra. Yep. But at the same time, it's like doesn't really make sense, and it kind of feels like yeah, we didn't really know what else to do with them. So we're like, we'll just throw them over there until we can figure out, you know, uh, what to do. So that, that's a little bit of a detractor for me from an otherwise really great, you know, final episode and final kind of thing. And so um, I'm happy with it overall, but I, I have some questions, let's put it that way, uh, or some concerns. But, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm rolling with it. I like it overall, but I think it could have been
1: a little more logical. Well, and I think... Correct me if I'm wrong. The reason they're still fighting so hard at the end there is Thrawn is still going to be able to do something to damage the city or hurt the citizens or something like that, right? Yeah. Otherwise, why would he care? He can just have the Perkle choke Thrawn out for however long there and kill him, you know?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, they could have definitely done that, I think, like, regardless. <laughs> and it, But just, I, you know, I understand that they're not going to do that because it doesn't... Then you, you haven't solved the problem of Ezra, and Ezra's right. a problem. Yep. You know what I mean? Him existing at that point in the story is a problem. So they're trying to solve that yep. problem. So I get it. Um, but then they cut, you know, after that moment, they cut to like four or five years later after the whole Galactic Civil War is over yep. after the Battle of Endor. And they cut to this shot of uh, Sabine. And um, it's Well, they cool. do a
1: couple other things before that. They, <laughs> That's, that you're right, you're right. They kind of give everybody their wrap-up. They, you know, talk about... Rex and Hera fighting with the rebels on Endor. Uh, and Hera
0: having Kanan's baby. Yeah, not into it. I'm not
1: into it. Okay. Um, <laughs> cross species. I, I guess we're doing that now. I like that. That yeah, part. I mean, I'm that's cool fine. With. But like, <laughs> um, and they show Callus went off with uh, with Zeb. With Zeb. I like that. So that, I thought that was cool. And
0: I like that, although.
1: I have a feeling they're going to revisit them now and I don't think they need to. And and
0: it, yeah. I don't know. Well, Maybe not. But in a, in a patented move that I do all the time on the show, uh, somebody talked about this on another podcast. I wish I remembered who it was, but I thought it was a perfect prediction said like, um, uh, would sacrifice himself to save Zeb, which would have been kind of poetic considering like mm-hmm. Calus had been responsible for eliminating a lot of like Zeb's people or whatever. But I guess it's a little poetic for, you know, Zeb to say, Hey, callous even though you were instrumental in murdering a bunch of Lesant, um yeah we we accept you and we're gonna bring you back to our like world and all that stuff like, that, right. that was cool too so it was good um so yeah that's the thing with with them and then we we hear about hera and uh and uh rex and, we and then we cut to sabine.
1: sabine and correct me is she is on that uh, radio tower that we first find and Yes, and um, yeah. I've
0: seen comparisons, like shot by shot comparisons from episode 1 season 1 to this final episode of season 4 and they're right on the money and it's that's pretty cool. That's yeah. that's pretty cool for sure. Um so she's there and she and she's the one who's narrating like what happened to everybody. I kind of thought Hera would do some narration like that because of like that trailer where she's like, "Ah, oh, we were uh, we were a family yeah. and we did all the" in Yeah. You know, but, uh, but it was cool that Sabine was the one. Um, but then of course, you know, Ahsoka shows up and it's like, all right, Sabine and Ahsoka are going to go out and look for Ezra, try to find Ezra. Um, that's fine, but it's a little bit of a thing where like, number one, I have a, I have kind of an issue with this, um, storyline wise, because that means Ahsoka was uh, ostensibly Ahsoka was like around during the entire original trilogy. She wasn't dead. And she shows up at the, you know, post-Return of the Jedi. So where right. was she? Was she hanging out in Malachor for like a good five years? And if so, that's not a really great way to handle that situation. always oh, said Luke was the only Jedi. He was the only hope. Nobody else could face Vader, blah, well, blah, blah. She was blah, never blah. a Jedi, John. I know, but come on. Like, how would she not be involved in, right. in all that stuff? Like, it just doesn't make sense. And so it's like, oh, well, she was like stuck in purgatory on Malachor. That's not a great, you know you can't just shove somebody into purgatory or say, well, they were locked behind this door. So otherwise they, you know, could have like, I don't think that's great. And then, um, the fact that same thing with Ezra, it's like, well, you know, we really can't have Ezra around because he's the same exact age as Luke. He seems to be more powerful than Luke. Like certainly, <laughs> right. as the events of A New Hope start, like Luke knows nothing, and Ezra is like kind of a badass. So, right. um, opening
1: up the uh, Sith holocrons and yeah. You know, so
0: how about we wrap him up in space whale tentacles, throw him somewhere <laughs> that you know when he knows where he is, and then say we got to go find him afterwards. Again, it's just like I- I'm not bloodthirsty. I'm I'm not thinking like Ezra had to die. Let's kill Ezra necessarily. Right. But if you're gonna if you're gonna have him around and you're gonna, you know, avoid killing him then um when everything that's sacred to Star Wars in the original trilogy suggests he shouldn't be alive, um, then then I think we need a little bit better probably explanation than just well, we slingshotted him into nothingness and we don't know where he landed, but you know, we're definitely gonna find him. Like that
1: Ahsoka's gonna make good on the promise to uh find him that they yeah. end when they're leaving the world between worlds
0: yeah now granted like do i think that shot um or that moment is cool yes do i love ahsoka yes do i like the idea of sabine and and um, ahsoka going out and trying to find their friend and that connection between all those characters remaining yes like all that stuff is cool um but yeah i don't know as far as how it affects the larger larger story yeah yeah i don't know if i super love it or not but
1: you know i'm definitely excited about the prospect of that show which i'm assuming is inevitable um you know sabine and ahsoka then that'd be pretty cool
0: so what i think they should do is um because they have this disney streaming service coming up i think what they should do is um make a like movie long like straight to streaming service like movie you know i don't think it warrants or necessitates an entire series like, yeah and i don't want okay. i don't want i don't want a whole another series with sabine and ezra and ahsoka And I feel like that's what Dave Filoni wants to do is do another series with all those characters again. it's like time for some new characters, new situations, whatever. Like, so I would, I, you know, and it just, it's just starts to feel like it will never end and you'll never have any finality and things will just go on and on and on and on, you know?
1: Well, I wonder if, so let's see. They're showing up there and this is basically sometime in between episodes six and seven. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to say it's closer to six. I think, yeah. I think maybe only a couple years after. Maybe they'll use this as a tool to feed into some other stuff that they're going to try to fill in in between those episodes. Yeah. Whatever that may be.
0: Yeah, they could, but.
1: They'll run into snow. He'll be hanging out.
0: Yeah, I just, the more you do stuff with those characters.
1: I agree. The world gets too small.
0: The world gets too small and it's like, well, how are my, how is Ahsoka or Sabine or Ezra not involved in the events of the sequel trilogy? Because Luke and Leia are and Han and like, you know, so why aren't these characters? Unless you really want to say like the cartoon world is a little bit different than the movie world. And and I would like that if they would just do that. But, you know, anyway, uh, it's cool overall. It's, you know, it's, it's uh, emotionally resonant and all that stuff. It's just logically and in terms of the larger lore, I don't know, quite so much. So. Um, I kind of, I guess I would, I would say kind of hope for a little bit more satisfying ending to the show, but at the same time I was definitely nervous about like far worse endings to the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say like, you know, pretty satisfied with the way it ended overall, like not, yeah, not thrilled, too. but like pretty satisfied.
1: I agree too. I felt, so. I felt really good in, in immediately coming out of it and I don't know that there's that much you can ask for more than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think going forward, like my experience with rebels would be like, I am very likely to rewatch season one multiple times. Um, and then, you know, maybe at some point I'll rewatch like two, three and four seasons two, three and four. Mm-hmm. But, um, my, my interest in rewatching season one is like far, far higher than the other three seasons yeah, overall. I, I would
1: say so. Probably the same for me at this point too, partially because it's so far out of so much farther out of my mind than the others. Yeah, because it's been four years ago now. Yeah. Um, One thing I was going to mention earlier, too, with Ahsoka coming back in that moment. uh, And this was somebody else online talking about this, but I thought it was kind of funny. So within the span of about 15 minutes, Ahsoka fights Darth Maul, two Inquisitors, Darth Vader and the Emperor (laughs) and survives (laughs) all of it.
0: You know? Yeah. 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 It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. I I, that's another thought I had about that season two finale is like how are they jam-packing all of these characters into one episode you know so um yeah pretty nuts but yeah um yeah so I mean those are those are the final episodes of uh of Star Wars Rebels I'm gonna miss the show um actually like I'm a weirdo or whatever but uh we have some star wars rebels merch you know like mm-hmm. i've got like these little plastic cups and uh we've got a lunch box that my son you know used to take to school and stuff um and we got uh
1: stuff little stuffed guys i think we got at we got those at celebration yeah.
0: 2015 yep and uh just like seeing that stuff around was like really making me sad this week you know it's like yeah. oh, this, is a, this is like a whole era of star wars that's over now you know it's done. And it's a, like, oh, I, you know, I, I hope I wasn't too negative on the show and I have my complaints and stuff, but it's, uh, it's an era I really love, you know, and I, I don't have the same feelings about Clone Wars and, uh, other, you know, some other offshoots of Star Wars, but like Rebels, I, overall, I really, really loved it. And, uh, I think the biggest triumph of the show, um, as far as Rebels goes is the new characters and the way I felt about the new characters. Yeah. They were awesome, you know? Um, and that's a tall, tall order. Um, I'm not the first person to say this, but with like Clone Wars, it's like, well, yeah, it's a cool cartoon, but you're bringing in all these characters that people already right. care about. And yep. with Rebels, it's like I care about the animated characters in Rebels more than the animated versions of Obi Wan and Anakin and right. you know characters that uh, that that I already loved as, as they are presented in Clone Wars. And so. they
1: still gave us a taste of some of those other characters. You know, the whole little preview with Obi Wan. And Luke, you know, Luke as a child on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. I thought they did those things really tastefully. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I really liked about Rebels 2, as far as kind of this new era, um, Filoni to me is that guy who obviously had a really close connection with George and really knew George and really knew Star Wars through George. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, the first thing post-Disney here that he was involved with and to me kind of held a little more gravity than even... Even the Force Awakens, you know, just because it had that connection back to George. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I don't know if I'll ever kind of lose that for with Filoni.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that. Sure. Not saying I
1: agree with everything he did, but you know, it's got kind of that, uh, just that connection back.
0: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, I think Clone Wars, or not Clone Wars, I think Force Awakens and Last Jedi do more they have more of a connection than we we might think they do. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. I mean, Dave worked with George and studied under George, and Dave is kind of the guy that George chose to be his heir apparent, right. and that's not true of JJ or uh, or uh, Ryan Johnson. Although it is true of Kathleen Kennedy. But um, well,
1: and Lawrence Kasdan. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So. Um. But yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sad to see it go. Um. And uh, I think I will always have uh, kind of a, a special place uh, in my in my heart for um, the show, especially the characters, especially season one of the show. But overall, you know, um, I, I did love Star Wars Rebels. And you know, quick shout out too to. Um, um, Rebels Recon, which uh, I don't know if you really watched it too much. but
1: Not as religiously as you did.
0: To me, that was an integral part of Star Wars uh, Rebels, and I, I love that show also. And I'm almost as sad about that show wrapping up as I am about Star Wars Rebels uh, wrapping up. And I, I just, yeah, that was great. Um, and
1: uh, Well, I think one of the other things that was special about about it for us as well, feeding into that whole family thing, is our kids were kind of at the exact perfect yeah. age for this coming out and it was something enjoyable for us to do with them on a weekly basis Mm -hmm. for four years, you
0: know? No. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's part of the rebels recon thing too, is like, I vividly remember like when new episodes would come on, like watching the episode and then watching the rebels recon right afterwards with the kids. And then, you know, the kids know Andy Gutierrez and all that stuff. Like I remember seeing, um, well at, at celebration 2015, I've told you this story before. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but, um, there was one morning where Dave uh, Filoni just, like, did, like, an impromptu kind of signing thing at one of the booths somewhere, and the line was, like, wrapped all around or whatever. But I got into yeah. the line. Yeah, and uh, It was kind
1: of over by the battlefront. Yeah. Thing. yeah. And
0: I figured out, like, you know, after a while, that like, oh, I'm not, this is going to be over by way before I get up to his position. But I was thinking, like, well, well, what will I save to Dave Filoni, like, if I get there, you know? And it was, like, what I would say to him is, like, dude, like, the, what you... The the show that you've made has like provided like such a great experience for me and my kids to experience Star Wars yeah. together. And I remember getting like choked up and like teary eyed, like standing in line thinking like, oh, here's what I'm gonna say to this guy that like I'm not even gonna meet, but you know, <laughs> if I did, like it would have to be like, thank you for giving me this experience that I get to have with my kids, and and it like and, yeah. and and for really emphasizing the family in Star Wars and like the importance of that in Star Wars, you know. Um, and I think that is more especially in season 1 but throughout rebels that is more of a focus in in this cartoon than it has been in these new movies you know not yep. that it's not part of the movies but i mean it is you know it's really the the focus of rebels in a in a great way um and it had similar you know similar kind of things with uh with um rebels recon too it's like you know that was something great for me and my kids and you know like y- y- uh, like if you watch rebels recon there's like the chopper cam and all this silly stuff that like kids really right. loved you know what i mean it was fun it was really, it was fun for kids too to watch like Obviously, it's, you know, Rebels, it's four kids, but uh, Rebels Recon 2, it was, it was great to watch with kids and with family and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, great show and, um, you know, pretty great ending to the show. And uh, uh, hopefully there's going to be a new new Star Wars animated, probably multiple new Star Wars animated projects being announced soon. I hope we don't have to wait until like, you know, halfway through next year to find out what
1: well, what is coming. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I don't think we'll be seeing any new episodes until... Sometime I next year. I bet they'll year.
1: start leaking more of that out because it's all going to be based on their streaming service and you yeah, know, they're already starting to hint at what those things are going to be.
0: Maybe in the summer or the fall, once they kind of start to wrap
1: up like solo promotion. Um, right. Because then they'll start got to, it, once that's out, they've got 18 months with till the next thing comes out. So yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a perfect timing for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So... All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, we're gonna have to say goodbye to Star Wars Rebels for now, uh, here. So, um, you know, thanks for being here, Dan, and yeah, uh, thanks for having me as anybody, anybody listening and or watching. Um, you know, thanks for. Uh, for listening to our our, uh, our our final thoughts on Star Wars Rebels so uh, until next time you can check out um, the show at uh, blockaderunnerpodcast.com please subscribe on uh, iTunes and or on YouTube um, if you haven't left a review on iTunes and let's be honest you haven't because there's like two It um, <laughs> would be great if you would uh, if you like the show if you'd leave a, a review for us there um, you can always email us at blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail dot com um, I run the blockade runner twitter account which is at blockade run Dan you're on twitter the big sweat at the big sweat um, and uh, there's some other places we are on the internet too which you can all find at blockade runner so uh, until next time uh, may the force be with you goodbye star wars rebels and uh, pour one out for the ghost crew who we yeah. love